All right. Uh, coming up next, we have a special guest. But as always, we're going to play some music. Um, uh, Sacred Reich, the American way. That is what uh, we are going to hear. Um, so yeah. <laughs> you sound like Hitler. That <laughs> is what we are going to hear. Well, it's a Reich. Reich? <laughs> Tortoise and Hare experience. You just heard uh, Sacred Reich uh, with the song The American Way. 
And uh, as always, um, doing experiences. Uh, Max, go ahead. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, life, life is amazing. And I am extremely grateful. Every time I wake up in the morning, if I get the chance to wake up, I wake up with gratitude, which I hope all of you do. Um, I wake up hangover. Yeah, you usually <laughs> as you're drinking right now. Yes. And, oh, you Thank know, you, by the which way. Which is always worrisome when you're on the air, because uh, God knows what you'll say. Well, I'm a wild card. <laughs> you <laughs> are. Complete wild you're card. Wild turtle. Um, so, you know, as I'm experience, uh, experiencing life changes and... Um, you know, adjustments. Uh, there's different attitudes that I've noticed lately. Okay. And I don't know if the two of you have noticed this or if our listeners have noticed, but uh, people seem to be very much on edge. You know, it's either, you know, this way or that way. There's no middle ground for anybody anymore. It's either black or white. It's either red or yellow. It's either Trump or Clinton. Uh, or you Sanders, know? or Sanders. I yes. voted today for Sanders. Right, exactly. FYI. But, but you know, nobody's mentioning him. It's all, you know, what's happening with the Democrat and the Republican. Right. The independents are, like, lost in the whole mix here. I don't think there's enough support for independent. Uh, independent thinking, you know, not just our elections, but, our, you know, our way of life, right. you know, thinking independently and outside of the box and, you know, with a little bit more freedom of expression you know i don't think people are are doing that as much and you know i find myself waking up and going oh you know i have to do this and this and it's like wait a minute let me wake up first with a little gratitude of what i've got going on and you know i think that's an important way to be i don't know i don't know that's my experience right now okay what about you I have a pimple on my nose, <laughs> and it's driving me absolutely crazy. That has been my experience. Uh, well, we, we went so from a observational <laughs> uh, flow of conversation into right. a dermatology <laughs> right. uh, to your expression <laughs> of dermatology. Yeah. Fantastic, Turtle. When was the last time you got a pimple, Max? I, I don't know. 11? 11. I was going to say, who's last in office? <laughs> <laughs> Nixon. <No. laughs> if you take care of yourself, if you eat right, if you know that right. uh, certain things are going to make you break out or, or cause uh, these blemishes, then uh, you know to stay away from it. So, yeah. you know. I've never, I never had a problem with that. Even like in high school or going through, you know, the puberty time, I never had it. Mm, well. I don't know. I got blessed in that way. It was like my brother and my sister had it really bad. I, d I, d I didn't get it bad. Nobody in my, my family had it really at all. But yeah, so, but it's been bu it's bugging me because it's like right by my like glasses and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, it gets. You I know, thought that was oh. just your nose. No, 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 no. My nose is beautiful. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I a lot of self confidence. <laughs> yeah. I hit my nose today. I hit my my whole forehead. You know, I was like getting dressed and I went to pick something up off the ground and then just smacked my whole face. So it's like all swollen. You know, you can't tell because of my bindi, but right. right between my eyes, like swollen and red, and my eyes feel all bruised. Oh, gosh. You should bust out those big Jackie O uh, glasses or the Swifty Lazar. I know. Just sort of I should wear those. I should. So you're telling me I'm ugly? 
That's what oh, you're saying. No. You better hide. He's saying style. He's like, hey, you need more style. Yeah, Jackie see, that's why Turtle's wearing style. glasses. Jackie Turtle, O had turn, style. Turn towards the camera. Look at yeah. these glasses. Dude, I'm wearing these glasses because I haven't been getting any sleep lately. Like, Is I, that what it is? You sure is you're it? not a, a yeah. cop saying, oh, can I see your <laughs> driver's license and registration? Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I just went on this... Um, uh, Friday started this crazy um, sleep deprivation thing that I went through. So I, I have two jobs. Well, yeah, I have, I have two jobs. Uh, one one is like a, I call it like, like a, a part-time job that happens occasionally. So I clean a bar in the morning, uh, Saturday, Sunday. And then I have to be there at 5 a.m. because the bar opens at, up at 8 a.m. I could be there after two, but sometimes, you know, at two, there's still people around and, you you know, at five o'clock, nobody, nobody's up so I can have the door open. I have to take out the trash and all that stuff. And then uh, I also work at a cafe um, and I'm a closer there. But if I work eight hours, I have to work from one thirty until 1030 at night. And then, but besides that, I have to actually close the place at the mop everything do all the dishes clean the grills everything right it's really intense so when this happened saturday well, well what sucks is I'm, I'm such into party mode on friday and i and i get the text hey i need you to cover for me on week uh, this weekend at the bar and and clean clean it because you know it's not every week it's just you know i fill in for people that can't do it that week are you the first line of defense or the first am, person that they contact? Yeah, the first the, person, okay. first person. And 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 then last month, the weekday guy, because there's three of us. There's a weekday guy, there's a weekend guy, and then me, I'm the fill-in. And last week, the the weekend guy, he got in a car accident. Oh, no. So, yeah. Is he okay? He's okay. He's okay. He was, it wasn't a bike accident. Let me, let me rephrase that. It was a bike accident. He's a motorcycle person. That's even worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, he, he was out for three days. And so I had to come in on the weekday and, you know, fill in, which wasn't that bad because weekdays, is, is, it doesn't get that crazy. It's just on the on the weekends, you know, that's when everyone's partying. And that's when you're finding all this, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, I go in and on Friday night, I can't sleep at all. Like at all because I'm in party mode because I'm you know I was I'm supposed to be partying at this time of night. Your body hasn't adjusted mm -hmm. to. Exactly. So... You know, the, the alarm goes off at 5 a.m. And I'm like, fuck, fuck my life. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I couldn't get any sleep. So I go and I, you know, I clean the bar and then I, I just can't go to sleep. Like it's 8 a.m. And I'm, I'm trying to like toss and turn and I can't get sleep. And then like just when I'm right about to get to sleep, my friend calls me and he's like, dude, I, I, I he, he doesn't have a car. He's like, I'm, I'm taking the bus to work, but um, the bus hasn't showed up and I'm late. Oh, I no. need you to pick me up. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, just <laughs> right when I'm, I'm like, of course, of course, this would happen. So I go and I pick him up, drop him off. And by then it's like one o'clock or it's 1230. It's time for me to get ready to actually go to work. So I get ready. I go to work and I'm like exhausted. You know, I, I, I'm. I was able to get 10 minutes of sleep if that. So my first break comes around. We get three breaks. We get a 10 minute, a 30 minute for lunch, and then 15 minutes. So the 10 minute comes and I'm just, I'm drinking like 
basically five shots of espresso with French vanilla. I'm just trying to like, to me, I'm like that. That's the only thing that's going to keep me up. That's my lifeblood right now. So I finally make it to my half hour. I go to my car and I fall asleep and it's it's hot. You know, like we're, we're experiencing what I like to call a Kelly Caliente weekend, you know, where it's just ridiculously hot. So I'm in the car trying to sleep. I'm sweating. And meanwhile, you know, all that's going through my mind is I got to make it to close. And of course, we get slammed and I don't get out there till late. And I finally, you know, fall asleep. And then I have to wake up again, 5 a.m. But this time I got to be at the cafe at 1130 because I'm working 1130 to nine. You know? So this whole week I was just so sleep deprived. And my my I was weird. I looked at my eyes for like the first time and there and it was weird because there was nothing but like the you know, when your eyes are all black you know, and like they're all blotchy. And it's like that was such an LA moment where I was like, does anybody have any cucumbers I could like put <laughs> on my eyes? Tea bags. You're in a bar. You can like use tea bags. Tea so. bags? I, mm-hmm. I didn't even know sure, that. Sure. Look, shark's got black eyes. Look at doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Those eyes roll over white. <laughs> so as I was coming in today, my I, I looked at my eyes. I was like, dude, I A, I need more sleep. B and then B, like I woke up like really late today because I was finally able to get actual sleep because oh, sleep. The, the, the key is it sounds as if to get to an even keel, you have to adjust to your schedule that you normally have. Had your friend that called you with the bus situation, it's great that you bailed him out. That'll be karma coming yeah. back to you. <laughs> right. But he did change your schedule to a point where you might as well just, you know, Sleep on a cot uh, right. in the attic at the restaurant <laughs> yeah. and not go home because your your body clock is not adjusted to any slight change that you normally have. Right. And uh, you know sometimes when people are sleep deprived, it's by choice or by design. But in this case, it's like, you know, yeah, yep. It, but that's but that's, that's way what it sounds like it was that whole week. It was just like no, <laughs> you will you will not you will be denied sleep all week. So my eyes were so weird, and I was just like, dude, I. <laughs> I, I got to wear glasses today. Like no one should see these eyes until maybe <laughs> next week when I'm like fully rested and back to my normal schedule. The future's looking brighter. Got to yeah. wear shades. It's a good thing you don't have a dog to pee in your bed. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Dude, that would have kept me up even Jeez. more. But have you gone through something like that where you're trying to get something done or sleep and then there's all these obstacles that just jump in your way? Like dogs peeing? <laughs> well, you, Max, in the, in the instance of... Uh, your situation you should just have a bottle of urine be gone at your, <laughs> at your bed because if that ever happens again it's like i don't know if you have like the gate by your you know if you allow uh arrow to sleep with you that's one thing but the uh, the the peeing it's like if there's excitement whatever caused that to happen it's going to happen again unless you have preemptive measures in place because um that would that would pretty much suck at three or four in the morning and just yeah. like right on you, right in your arm, right in your head when you're not expecting it. No, it was it. at my feet. <laughs> when you're not expecting it. was at my feet, but it was, you know. Still. And, and he's he's very good about that. Unless it's, yeah. you know, he doesn't <laughs> normally do anything like that. So it was, you know, very out of character. And I, I believe because, you know, we had a big barbecue over here the yeah. other day and there was Tons a bunch of, of random dogs that I don't know, even know whose dogs they were, mm-hmm. but they were here. And um, oh. so he was like overly you know, excited and exhausted. And then um, somebody didn't walk him last night. Oh. It wasn't my job, but they didn't do it. And, you know. 
a lot of moving parts of the party. Aye, aye, aye. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it always happens that way. <laughs> lack of sleep and uh, dogs with lack of walking. Bottom line, prioritize your time. Prioritize your day. If, if you can do it the best you can because if you put everything all at once, you, you, you're going you're gonna to go crazy. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a routine when you wake up? I try to have a routine. Um, for me, a routine works knowing that um, I map out you know, what I'm going to be working on for the weeks ahead. I know what the work schedule is going to be. If there's a change in the work schedule, I have plan B, plan C in place to, to rectify that. But uh, waking up, for starters, as you mentioned at the very top, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's key. That's key. <laughs> you know, every day above ground is a fantastic day. Yeah. So, uh, you know, get out of the room, get out of the house, go for a hike, yeah. get some air. The, what, what we consider fresh air in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, whatever that can be, you know, categorized as. But the important thing is, uh, you know, stepping away from the electronics, stepping away mm -hmm. from the, the four walls and just getting out to, to nature. Yes. Um, have a little sustenance to power through the day. And, uh, you know, after that hike, after a little uh, cardio, mm -hmm. then try to get through, okay, what do we now need to attack? You know, boom, 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 boom. Right. So it's for me, it works. When you when you wake up and you're you're going through your morning routine, are you listening to music? I ease into it. Do you? I don't. I don't uh, fire off something really loud, really fast, or aggressive because. Oh, that's that would be bad. That <laughs> is not. That's not a way to set the tone. Mm -hmm. Set the tone for the day. Set the tone for the week. Um, if I'm going to hear music, it's something I'll ease into because on those long walks and hikes, I will have music on, you know, in the earbuds. Uh, but that's often how the mood is. It'll just it'll usually be something mellow before I ease into something aggressive because for me, music's so important mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of in all aspects of right. my day-to-day -day life. But uh, you know, talk radio something like that but yeah music you got to ease into it especially in the morning i listen to uh, amy winehouse when i take a shower amy winehouse yep that she's my go-to morning person okay yeah i don't know something about her voice just mm -hmm. is you know gets me going mm -hmm. you know for the day a lot of her voices yeah. to me like such a throwback uh, to the yeah, 60s is. artist you know it is and um, you know the motown uh, sounds so. right um, this is an interesting choice. Yeah, you know, and um, speaking about Motown, uh, interesting fact about me that you probably don't know. Some of our my listeners do, some of them don't. But I was signed to Motown, and really? at one time, yeah, and uh, it was crazy because I was expecting to be signed and have that Motown sound, yeah. you know. And when I was in the studio, and I was with the three girl band. And they said, um, yeah, Max, you know, we, we love what you're doing there. But uh, could you sound uh, white? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't. That's we need not a more Caucasian sound. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about this Motown? I've heard you many know, producers what? and engineers say just those exact words, and that is no exaggeration. Yeah. When you were approached by Motown, question for you, Max, mm -hmm. um, was this Barry Gordy directly? Yes, it was. Oh, 
that's a big deal. Yeah, it was a very big deal. Oh, it was okay. a very, very, very big moment in my life. I sang for him in his office and wow. and uh, shaking like a leaf. And I had been great with CBS well. before that, <laughs> and yeah, with uh, the great Joe Isgro. Yeah. And uh, when he went away, all the bands that he had signed were um, tossed out as well. So my band, Nobody's Girlfriend, um, and and it was a great time too because we were we just you know were signed and it was a big deal. And you were nobody's and band at this point. Yeah, and uh, we were working with Richard Marks and Gino and Ross Finelli. Um, were writing with us, so mm -hmm. we're you know doing all of that, and it was very exciting. And then it was gone in a flash, and you know we were very excited that um, reformed the band in a different way, and then went to uh, Motown because mm -hmm. you know they called. I was doing some stuff with Mickey Free Shalimar, and Good you know Mickey, yeah. yeah, and they were like you know hey Max, you know, can you come down, and bring the girls and wow. and sing? And I did, and I was like so excited. And then they wanted me to be white, and I was like. You know what? I'm going to record, and then I'm I'm not going to tour this because I can't I can't do it. I wonder if this was said to Dan Reed, Dan Reed Network, oh. as the White Prince, or Jane Fields. Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, she came out in like ninety. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Want, I don't want to oh, fall yeah. in love. I don't want to fall in love. It's a huge hit. Oh, uh, but, absolutely. But it's like I wonder if that was said to her. You know, there's mm -hmm. many artists like that um, uh, throughout the years. Maybe it was sent to Millie Vanilli as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because Dan isn't even white. No, so he's not. But, you know, it's <laughs> marketed as potentially, and this is, I was not in the offices of Polygram at the time, but I can guarantee someone in the marketing department or, or promotion department somewhere there had to have said, well, he'll be our white prince. Mm -hmm. And his mu and his releases were very funky. They were very R&B and soul based, which was fabulous. Yeah. But when we're talking late 80s, early 90s, Prince is still active, the artist Prince. Right. So he's still putting out releases. So Polygrams probably, probably had the discussion. Well, it's a rock band, but there's a little funk edge. He'll just be our white Prince. And I'm sure there, that was in a memo somewhere. <laughs> um, because it's unfortunate that the uh, producer said that to you, Max. Because what I have always felt, even when I did A&R back in the day, I always felt that the music should speak more highly than the presentation or the appearance mm -hmm. of the artist. Right. If you believe in the music and you believe in the material, that should be at the top of top of the list of importance versus what someone someone's appearance you want them to be. Right. And yeah. unfortunately that went on quite a bit. It definitely uh, did. It kinda of probably know. still does in a lot of different oh, areas. I'm, I'm sure, not in the I'm sure it does. American Idol world but just the fact that they said that, I'm like, man, that's... Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because when we had Dan on the show, um, we actually talked about this subject and, you know, um, his sound from that time, as you remember, Turtle, and um, and the record that I produced for Dan was such a, a faraway step from anything Dan Reed Network, you know, because it was uh, very world-oriented, you know, uh, Palestinian and Israeli musicians for the first time in history together on one record and it was very um you know israeli throat singers and ouds and you know it was like that so um it was th it was the music that he was always meant to do and then to be able to take that and then go back to you know the funk of dan Reed network yeah by the way uh with us is uh will and uh you do a, a show vault radio show on knc <laughs> 
Yes, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, the, the, the Vault is the name of the show. Uh, KNAC is the uh, the online station. Right. Dot com. Yeah, this comes out of the ashes of 105.5. Right. Mm-hmm. Which the great was, 105.5. Yeah, 105. Now, it was rock and rhythm before it switched mm-hmm. formats in uh, 1986. So rock and rhythm would be equivalent to what K-Rock would play you know, in the 80s and the 90s. But when it went pure rock format, uh, that was pretty much a game changer um, because along with KLOS and KMET at the time in Los Angeles, you had uh, three stations that were prominent with uh, actually playing um, some deep cuts from time to time as opposed to paying the, the, the tired two to three same song right. by the same right. bands. But uh, once KNEC, unfortunately, switched formats for the final time in 1995, um, that staff had moved on. Mm-hmm. It went to Cape Buena, uh, Tejano Music, and then three years later, uh, KNEC went online. So Right. Thank goodness. Well, it, hey, this way, anywhere, anyone in the world can hear the, the, the stream as mm-hmm. opposed to the weak signal that was the case in Long Beach, California. Um, because I, I'd always hear, and I still hear stories to this day, even though I wasn't part of the 105.5 era, um, I was always sending them records, right. uh, you know, the label I worked with at the time. But I would always hear stories of people bending all kinds of um, Antennas and whatever whatever foil that they right, can make yeah. and, and hangers and stuff. And we were doing whatever we can, and everyone was a MacGyver. Everyone yes. was doing their part to try to get that signal. No, whether they're San Gabriel Valley, the San Fernando Valley, whatever the case mm-hmm. was, and uh, it would be just, that was always um, an inter- interesting part of that experience because you could not get it all that much because of the you know the, the signals. So we, but everyone said you know we did this, we did that, and I said well you perseverance yeah you yeah. were committed to get the, the the hear the rock and roll so. it's true i was uh really great friends with the late great ton mastery Love Tawn, and yeah. you know god rest her soul yeah. um she was amazing and she would complain about that all the time mm-hmm. you know nobody can ever hear me <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm wearing this leather for nothing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i'm friends with uh, filthy phil yeah, good old oh. filthy Phil. Yeah, he's uh he's aware of many hats. <laughs> yeah, you know he's uh and filth and filth. Yeah, he, he along with uh you know the he PA announcer for the LA yeah. LA Kiss of course, but uh, most notably for the Ducks. Yeah, the Ducks, and he's one fills of the, in for the Angels too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the co-owners of uh, the the KNC dot com. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So tell him I said hello. I shall. Time. I shall pass along. Yeah, like uh, this this guy DJ Troll. He actually showed me. How to create a website and HTML. I was taking a class at Mount Sac, and he was mm-hmm. the professor. And then he um, was he was teaching. Uh, I mean, professor it, yeah. Filthy Phil. Professor Filthy. Well, at the time it was just Phil. He's like, it's just Phil, you know. <laughs> the three P. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know he, he showed me it. a little engineering, and then you know I was telling him about what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and. Um, at the time at the radio station at the college, what I wanted to do, the, the college just couldn't support it because they just didn't understand my my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and this was, you know, uh, the show that I that I used to do. I'm, I'm still trying to do it, but it's just a lot of work, which is where I bring in a band and then I record them. And it's all live, you know, and then I interview them and stuff like that. So I was trying to do that. That was like the, the, the roots for Enter the Shell. Mm-hmm. Um Started with them, with there, and with uh, filthy, and um, yeah, so it's it's great. I, I want to know, um, have you guys turned uh, KDC.com into an app yet? The app is accessible through TuneIn 
dot com. Okay. Yeah, if you go to tunein.com and you type in KNAC, then you will get the app right away. Right. And often the case is it's a quicker accessibility point uh, versus our website. Um, you know, but I, but right. I always say you can you know, listen via Real Player, Windows Media, Real Player, right. uh, Winamp, QuickTime, or TuneIn Radio because um, it's, again, it's uh, whatever uh, piece of media, I mean, whatever um, you use, laptop, desktop, phone, you can hear the stream. But TuneIn would be the best way to uh, get access to that app. No worries. Yeah. Well, when are you on? Sundays. Sundays, Sundays. from uh, 10 to 1. And I'm fortunate enough that... Uh, you know, 10 a.m. or 10 p.m.? 10 a.m. Yeah. Pacific Standard Time. Because <laughs> uh, I, I always start my show with, you know, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Purockers, because anyone from, you know, you can be in Australia, you can be in Hungary, you can be in France, you can be in Italy, and it's morning, afternoon, evening, somewhere. Right. For right. me, it's 10 in the morning. So, but yeah, 10 a.m. to 1, it's uh, three hours of uh, more aggressive European uh, heavy metal. Um, every now and pure then. Pure rock. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. The pure rock is there. But <laughs> I sort of give it my own slant, my own uh, my own feel to it. Outside of uh, the occasional interview from time to time or the occasional contest, uh, a lot of the music that I play comes from my collection and a lot of the bands from Europe uh, for what I kind of like the most, what I sort of gravitated towards, mm. um, you know, all the years of working at, you know, independent to late majors, um, I accumulated a lot of stuff. Right. So um, I like to sort of give back, as I always say. Three hours of power, speed, and thrash from the 80s, but that's not always true. Oh, mm -hmm. I'll, I, I'll play a lot of current stuff or stuff that's the bands that are still recording that, have, that, that were um, viable in the 80s, you know, that are still doing things, so... Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the 80s after we hear another song. Yeah. You brought you brought some music for us to play. Now, yeah, I brought you some music. See, these are some bands that I actually had a hand in signing okay. and or did uh, the A&R for. Actually, oh. kind of all, all of the above. So. Okay. Well, now we just, uh, I mean, not we just, but we heard that uh, Sacred Reich, uh, The American Way. Yes, from um, Arizona. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell me a real quick uh, brief story about it. Well, we, we, we already heard it, but, yes. you know, um, if you could just tell me, like, a brief story. Sure. About that. The, uh, the song you heard, American Way, that comes from their second release. That was a follow-up to Ignorance, which came out in 1987. They, were, they came to my attention by Jason Newstead, mm -hmm. uh, former bassist of Metallica, who was formerly in a band called Flotsam and Jetsam that yeah. Metal Blade Records had signed, yeah. where I worked, uh, my, really my first record company job and he basically was a big champion for the arizona music scene being in a band himself so one thing led to another and they were really good so they sounded a lot like slayer they were just really heavy and there was a political uh slant in their lyrics so we uh ended up putting them on a metal massacre and my first compilation actually for for metal blade and then we ended up signing them to a full-length deal so that was actually one of my very very first signings at uh, metal blade records cool uh, let's hear another song we can do. Let's see. Let's hear Toxic Waltz by Exodus. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, can okay. you uh, give us some uh, backstory on that? Okay. Exodus were, at the time, uh, one of the four, well, kind of still are, um, really one of the uh, originators of thrash metal. Um, at the time when they were signed to Capitol, I had just left Metal Blade Records. So they actually had an album in the can, and I ended up uh, a and them for a time 
and uh, it was a lot of fun. I've known those guys for many, many years, and this is the band that Kirk Hammett from Metallica, uh, again, another Metallica connection, uh, Metallica started. And he basically uh, gave the band his blessing. The band is still, still, still performing, still playing live. Gary Holt is now doing double duty with Slayer and with Exodus. And uh, mm -hmm. now this song comes from one of their previous records called Fabulous Disaster. And this was a, um, an indicator of what to expect at one of those shows. You don't mosh, you don't, you don't just dance, you do the toxic waltz. <laughs> Nation. It's all the toxic walls and it's causing devastation You're jumping up and down like a psycho 
And you were back on the uh, tortoise and hare experience as uh, we are here with Will. Can I call you Will? You can call me Will, but I would prefer... Sir. <laughs> yeah. Sir? Will, sir? <laughs> it's a uh, professional name and real name is not a big stretch. It's uh, DJ Will or Will or William. It's like I'm not real particular about it. So okay, it's all good. No worries. Besides, we just met. So, <laughs> good. But I know, but we've known each other for, our souls have known for like years. Oh, right. Eons. Isn't that special? I wore this shirt actually special. for you. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Oh, they are like my favorite. Like, whenever somebody says metal, this is the band that I. You don't think Bon Jovi? That, no. This, really? No, no. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let me interrupt you for a second because that's very interesting that you say that. With. The amount of bands that have come out in the last 15, 20, 25 years, what you gravitate to, based on what you just said, you gravitate to a creation yeah. that is not a actual band, but it's played by real you. musicians. Like, how dare you? They're a real band. But the fact that an animation project is what you're drawn to. Yeah. That's very interesting because Brendan Small does a great job. You know, they do a great job with the voices. They do a great job with compiling all the music and the, and the animation, and it's very popular. But I would imagine you would have said, like, anything that has been around for a long no, time. Interesting. No, not, nothing compares to, like, to this you. band. Well, that to you. I got <laughs> to see them at uh, Festival Supreme okay. a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and it was really cool because it was just all black, so you couldn't see them. You know, it's very mysterious. Well, of course. And it, it was just like, yes, like, I don't know. It was just, you know, it was just everything. that, And then their music is just so, like, it really makes you want to bang your head, you know? Angst. like nothing, It's angst-ridden. Nothing against, like, all the other bands and stuff like that. But the, the, it's just, for me, it's just, like, this is the quintessential, like, yeah. you know, metal. It's kind me. of like uh, Where Traders Fall. You know, they've been on our right. show. They're from... Uh, uh, Virginia, and recording with Anthony Esposito at Obscenic Arts, uh, they're very much like them. You know, I, w- I would compare more more of a like a gorillas. You know, really, like a gorillas. Well, that's band. another project that is animation yeah. driven with mm-hmm. a backing band. Yeah. Right? With, yeah, he's very and Damon Auburn. And no, yeah, interesting. I'm a I got I got to have you go through my collection one day. I got to have you here at the gates or Lamb of God or early. Yeah, Lamb of God. Yeah. You know, some sabotage or i mean there's there's loads you really you would enjoy yeah. if you like you know death clock metal metalocalypse and not only yeah. that metalocalypse even gene hoagland who's in dark <laughs> angel and 15 other bands like strapping young lad and all this other stuff he plays drums in that but he also plays drums again he's he's in testament he's he's been, he's been in a lot of different bands all the bands that you would enjoy if you already enjoy right. metalocalypse so i just i just that's a bit yeah. of a head scratcher i appreciate you wearing the shirt i appreciate you yeah. breaking out the fresh laundry but yeah that's that's really the truth right there broaden your horizon just <laughs> no. a bit the new gojira Dead clock. Oh, all right all right all right usually he yeah. wears little right. girl shirts that he's <laughs> no he does Really? But but that's only because uh, I can't find my size. <laughs> it's like really tough to find well, my that's, size. That's what uh, that's what the uh, that's what the uh, scissors are for. That's yeah, <laughs> right. You know, um, Jack from Exodus almost moved in here. He was going to oh, really? be my roommate, uh-huh. but you know they're doing a new record up in San Francisco, mm-hmm. so um, the timing wasn't good. But he could have lent you a shirt. I'm sure. <laughs> That'd be cool. Could've. And cowboy like an extra he's small. so into cowboy music. And he's got he's his own like, project. Yeah, he's uh, a full-on country player. Yeah, he's, uh, but you know what? I, I think 
with Jack's project because I I've, I've heard it because he he turned me on to it a, a few years ago and I said mm -hmm. well that's cool but it's a complete 180 of what he yes. does with Exodus yeah. and I think actually that's a health that's a healthy thing to have because it's another it allows you as a musician and as an artist another outlet absolutely when you have downtime when you are just full of ideas that won't conform to uh, the project that you're in. Mm -hmm. So why not do something country western? And, it, and in that, and for him, it works. Yeah. It so, you know, I, yeah, so I, I think that every artist should have that because you're going to have downtime. You're going to have periods of, of long periods of inactivity, draw, paint, um, whatever is creatively you want to um, get into. Do it. Right. Do it. Yeah, but don't do it like me and then have so much going on that you have zero time. Multitask. The only time that I would have had to sleep, my dog pees in the bed. What do you do, Will, uh, creatively? Well, besides all the computer stuff I do. Um, yeah, me, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the love of music and uh you know, concerts, going to concerts. Uh, the live mm -hmm. element is always an intriguing thing to me because all the artists that are still out there touring and putting out new material, it's always a, a absolute pleasure to hear those songs live um, and to see whatever tour packages put together, to see that energy live and to see the the, the crowds that go to these shows. It's, uh, it's that, I, I still get a thrill from that. Um, that's more of the entertainment side of things, of mm -hmm. you know, what I enjoy. But, you know, just uh, you know, going to the beach, you know, skateboarding, uh, getting, just getting out of the house, just doing things. Uh, as the, the weekend warrior uh, part of me, too, you know, a lot of softball, volleyball, things like that. Yeah, but you're uh, a big, you're big in the softball. Yeah. I've seen you play. Oh, this is, this is true. You, you, have, uh, <laughs> you have witnessed me rounding the bases and uh, <laughs> running well, for diving for uh, uh, fly balls, but... <laughs> a lot of play. That's right. I didn't have the I didn't have the opportunity to uh, go to a college and play sports. Um, I mean, there was a there were a few. Uh, just dipping back a bit. Um, that's kind of where it started. I grew up watching football, you know, and, and basketball and baseball. But obviously, football was my first love. You know, I've watched all the big games and right. knew a lot of crazy. Who's your team? Believe it or not, no one understands why, and I've explained it to them because it's it, it's only it, it's only meaningful if it there's a backstory to it. But my team is is the Carolina Panthers. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. my brothers too. That's and, really disturbing. But <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> the origin. But see, for me, the origins of that stem from. I'll just give you the backstory of this and go back to the uh, other things I enjoy. My interest in a team stems from growing up being a Steelers fan. And I grew up during this, yeah, yeah be able to see all the all the games of the Steel Curtain, Terry Bradshaw, Franco right. Harris, all of that, the Immaculate Reception, all that stuff. And when uh, 1994, 1995, and this is for anyone who follows NFL football, if you don't follow football. Then you shouldn't be listening to our show. you shouldn't be listening. No, no, no. Then you're probably following baseball, which is yeah, cool. This, 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 <laughs> may, this, may, totally cool. this may fall on deaf ears. I'm talking American football, not football. <laughs> Um, in 1994-95, the NFL uh, had an expansion uh, right. season 
where they had two teams, where two cities were uh, given uh, the opportunity to have two teams, Jacksonville and Carolina. So as that draft molded and took shape, there were a lot of um, there were a lot of Steeler players that became Panther players. And what intrigued me about it is, <laughs> this is so this is more of a ancillary reason. Um, I like the name and the colors because my favorite color is blue. Now that's a real uh, they're baby blue though. Eh, okay, and you're not even wearing any blue. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing blue somewhere. Okay. Anyway, to the to the matter at hand. Um, so On I was intrigued wrist. by On his wrist. Okay. Yeah, after growing up and, and watching football for so many years and going to the games, and I was intrigued by a new team coming into the picture because, oh, okay, you know, you say maybe I can just sort of see how they develop. And as it turns out, a lot of Steeler players and personnel came over there, and that's how that started. And as it turns out, they ended up being successful in their second year. They were one game away from the Super Bowl in yeah. their second year. So that was the intriguing part, and I followed the team ever since during the highs and the lows. So the, the, the only significant thing for this year with the Carolina Panthers, uh, besides the horrible Super Bowl loss, is they, yeah, well, yeah, they will be playing their first game ever in Los Angeles for the first time against the now-returning Los Angeles Rams. And yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that's that's a coin flip. That's mm-hmm. a that's a whole other discussion as far as fair weather fans, this and that. Right, but, yeah. but yeah, that is my team. I mean, now as for football, hockey, yeah, it's the Kings. Yeah, I watch yeah. the Lakers and baseball, of course, is the Dodgers. But for football, that's my number one main sport: yeah. Carolina Panthers. Right. So. Max right. is a uh, Dolphin fan. Well, Dolphin, she's a Florida gal. I, well, yeah. I'm I bleed green because I'm from Philly. I was born in Philly, so I'm an Eagles Dolphin fan. Eagles, I, Dolphins. Yeah, fan. I was born in Philly, but I grew up in Florida, so I have to. I have both, which is hard sometimes. <laughs> it's very hard, but I do bleed green. So Donovan McNabb and uh, Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah. Well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Taylor. Yeah, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. So football, <laughs> top of the list. Um, but Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy. Another number two. Actually, yeah, he was our neighbor. So it was like really, was, was he? Cool. Yeah. Oh wow, very cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a Dodger fan, like and Dodger, you know, and ridiculous football Charger fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like like yeah. the Chargers. I don't like what's going on this year that they want a new stadium. They almost came here. I know, yeah. and I don't want them to they, come they here. They might still. They, you know what, you know, and this may fall on deaf ears. This may fall wherever, but. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of football. I'm a fan of the Chargers. My my th- these are my my this is my biggest complaint with the Chargers. A you know th- well this is my biggest complaint about football in general. That there is no love of history. You know they throw out um, stadiums just to get bigger ones. There's only a few old stadiums left, and that's the Packers. Packers are never leaving that stadium. They're, well, that's owned by the. And that's owned by citizens, the people, yeah. you know, and and I, I believe Qualcomm should be a heritage stadium, you know, and we don't deserve a new stadium until we get a ring, you know, and even then, if we do get a ring, it's it's going to make that even better. Right now, it's tough to I mean, if you want to go to a, a Charger game, it's easy. <laughs> you can go to a Charger game. <laughs> getting it, getting a new stadium is going to make it even more easier The the. The, the, the fans are not supportive of the mm-hmm. team. I'd rather save all that money, put it back in to the team 
to get a, a, a better winning team. Right. Um, so that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be great. But, you know, they're they're so bent on this new stadium. New stadium is going to bring more fans in. They, they, they could care less about the stadium. They just want a winning team. Create a winning team. Then we'll talk about the stadium 10 years down the line. But by then, I'll still want to keep Qualcomm because that's where all the that's where um, uh, uh, Alway won his first Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. how could you take that away? So, so much good stuff happened at Qualcomm. And it's just like, oh, let's just erase it. You know, that's where LT did so much, so many great yardage and, and Ru- he broke everything. Yeah, I mean, and, and plus two with a history of any stadium uh, you have. You know, you, you can have landmark status, but did you but but the top of that list you have, you know, billionaires who own this property and if they have ownership they can do with it what they right. want. You know, we want more luxury boxes, uh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna trade away our best players to get more draft picks and uh and it's like okay the city it's gonna be a, a taxation situation with uh, you know, trying to yeah. get that new stadium, but you know, it it's kinda what the the problem with uh, the Rams are gonna face at least here in this market. This is Los Angeles. This is the, the town of uh, many entertainment, inter- entertainment options. If you don't bring a winning product to the field, if you don't b- right away, people will drift onto other things. We've right. got Magic Mountain. We've got Disneyland. We have the beaches. Uh, we have other sporting outlets, if that's our thing, Kiss to, go, football. To, to gravitate to. You know, we've got yeah. hockey. We've got soccer. We've got baseball. We've got everything. The so, X Games. Exactly. <laughs> so Stan Cranky can spend his billions down in Inglewood, which, of course, will be great right. for the economy. It'll bring a lot of jobs to the area. But the Rams have been not had a winning season in a long, long time. And when you get into uh, an area of like, well, we're going to have a – the Rams are returning. Well, that's going to be great for the short term. But until they start right. really doing something significant, people are going to, you know, you know, $200, $300 tickets, I mean, it's like, all right, well, good luck with people paying that. You know, that's why Arena Ball didn't last long when mm-hmm. the LA Avengers were here. It lasted eight seasons. You know, LA Kiss, well, God bless them, but I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're not – no one wants to support a loser. Everyone wants to support a winner, and that's kind of how this town is. I, I see it. Even when the Lakers aren't doing so great now, you know, people show up, but they're not selling it out. We have other options. Until you show us that you're, you know – to the coaches, to the players, to the management and everything, until you show us that you are going to commit yourselves to the city and and you're, if the teams aren't winning, people move on. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. So, costs a lot of money to keep a team in Yes, it you does. Know, you know, to keep the lights place, on, so it costs quite a bit. People That's don't understand that. So as, yeah. as sports fans, we all need to go out and support our teams, which means showing up, buying merchandise, you know, See, I'm a, I'm a hot dog. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a dog. real sports fan because, like, I like for the Dodgers, I only go to Dodger Stadium, and when I buy clothes, it's only at Dodger Stadium. Really? Because okay. I, everything is like, okay, all my money is truly going to them. If I go mm-hmm. to a sports place like a sports chalet or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I, I don't want to buy anything there because I know that like my money isn't going to them; it's going right. directly to, you know. That's why I never go to. And out of like every once in a great while, I'll go to uh, watch the Dodgers at at, pod, at the Padres, you know, at Peco Peco Park because yeah. it's a nice stadium. Mm-hmm. But I try to spend as little money as possible because I'm giving all my money to the you know 
to the bad guy. You know. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, well, you're gonna be out a few bucks with you know concessions yeah, and parking. parking. Yeah. You know. But I try to keep it as as okay. low as possible. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, that's how that's how much of a fan I am. Well, okay. Well, you'll. Uh, you might have a long season this year. So. Oh, dude, it's beyond <laughs> long. It's beyond long. It's grueling. Right. You know, you have to you have to check out this new um, social media website called Mad Talent, and Mad it's all Talent. yeah, it's all about sports and sports owners and sports, mm. uh, you know, uh, players. They're all on this uh, network, so you can talk to them and hang out, and you know, it's like Facebook but for sports. Okay, Mad Talent, M A D D. Make note of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure all the GMs are on there trying to get millions of likes. No, <laughs> well, that, no that's, you'd be that's surprised. The worst. You'd be no surprised. GM wants to talk to any fan no, because they, do. because they, they don't. Look, they do. GMs what they want to talk to are hot girls. Mark Cuban's so. pretty. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Mark Cuban, he's pretty interactive from the yeah. Dallas Mavericks. Yes, he is. You know, he's someone that I, I do. Uh, I mean, very indirectly, I always hear some tweet he's made or some comedy mm-hmm. he's made in the press. So he. He tends to be interactive with the fans, so yeah, mad talent. Okay. Mad talent. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little website. Um, it's gonna take over and be massive. Soon. Well, let's get somebody on there from there, so we can, <laughs> so you know, we can be a part of this uh, bandwagon. Mm. 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 Uh, let's hear another song. Um, okay, uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, the butthole surfers. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've I've you heard would I've, be. well. No, I mean, I, I've I've heard their music. Mm-hmm. I, I like them, but I'm 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 dying to know the correlation with you and them. Well, it's an interesting one. Uh, They're an interesting band too. Yeah, that was that was the appeal that I I tried to approach, um, hoping to sign someone while I was at Capitol Records, and this is uh, the late '80s into the '90s. That's when I was there. Um, they were a very quirky independent band yeah. that put out many releases um, on independent labels. Um, their their success was predicated on their following that they had. It was sort of like a, a very loyal following, kind of like how the Grateful Dead had uh, mm-hmm. a very uh, crazed following that would go to every single show, record, tape every single show, and, and, and put it out there for all the fans to hear. And um, Very visual band. Um, lyrics that were very esoteric, very just left of center, um, but they were, uh, you know, there was some punk rock in their material that mm-hmm. I that I appreciated. Um, the angle really that I had was the fact that their popularity was growing and growing, and that led them to a slot on the Lollapalooza tour in 1991. Uh, the president at the time at, of Capitol, he was a big Grateful Dead fan. So I was trying to see if I could merge the two and see if um, there was an angle here because I wanted to work with them just to give it a shot because I was having a very difficult time trying to sign the local talent in Los Angeles, hitting the clubs night in, night out, night out. But there are a lot of bands that were out there looking for deals and hoping that something happened. But it was um, it was a long road to get to that point, and um, you know I made some tapes, I put together some uh, the best cuts. We had many, many meetings about it, and really what it took was the president seeing the band and then sort of getting what they're all about and then me trying to explain to them who they are. And then I had to do a hard sell, really, to every department because um, the band had already had a name. They had moderate success, but they were never on a major label. And really, you know, 
15, 20 years ago, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So one thing led to another. We were able to make the deal. Bands from Austin, Texas, uh, led by the very enigmatic uh, Mr. Gibby Haynes. And uh, the song we're going to hear was a leadoff track from Independent Worm Saloon from 1993, produced by John Paul Jones. And, uh, of course, if you don't know that name, uh, Google is your friend. Yeah. Um, this video uh, features a lot of uh, artwork by Robert Williams. Flea appears in it, and uh, it's a great rockin' song because, you know, they sort of changed a little bit when they were signed as far as their sound, but it w there was still the punk rock element, and uh, the weirdness was still there, but it was a little more fine-tuned, a little more refined. I'm flying. <laughs>
are back on the tortoise and hare experience. Uh, we just heard the butthole surfers. Uh, who was in the room last night? Who was in your room last night? We know who your who was in your room. A dog. Right. Yeah. Peeing, dog. I know. Lonely <laughs> life I have. Uh, nobody. Nobody was in my room last night. Last night was Monday. So for me, Monday. It's funny. You know, everyone's like, I hate Mondays. It's like I love Mondays because Mondays are my Fridays. So if that makes sense, I, I talk a lot like that where somebody's like, oh, my God, it's Wednesday. I'm like, dude, it's my Sunday, you know. <laughs> so um, I was out now. I, I'm saving my tips up for the week and I made eleven dollars in tips. So usually I make about four or five. And how many hours is taking place to get eleven dollars in tips? Uh, Thirty six. Wow. A new job is in order. <laughs> yeah, man, that you need to. Well, either you need to step your game up or you have some cheap ass customers. I'm sorry well, to say. Here's here's the thing. Um waitress bartenders at the Rainbow make that in like seconds. 20 minutes. 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, it all it all wow. goes back to the culture of who tips a barista, you know, who you know. Mm. <laughs> when, I do. Yeah, I do every time. In change? Nope. I get I tipped in a lot of change. I've I've gotten tipped in a, I've tipped been tipped a penny. I've been oh. tipped 11 cents. I've been, you know, you name the denomination. I've been tipped it. So it's foreign currency. Yeah. Uh, unforeign currency. I just got a dollar 70 in Norwegian money. I got I got tipped in. Wow. What does that uh, look like? It's it's these three little it's these three little coins. And some girls like, oh, this can get you a small cup of coffee in Norwegian or Norwegian. Norway. Nor Norway. Norway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in Norwegian. I'm like, OK. And I, and I was like, yeah, because apparently I'm going to go there. But all right, right. cool. Yeah, I'm going to take all my tips, Man. my 11 cents in tips, and go to Norway. Yeah. It's messed, it's messed up. I've been tipped in tokens of like, a, a, do you know what a Boomers is? Boomers is like, they have like, um, uh, what, what's it? Uh, Are like they like golfing? arcades? Yeah, like, so like golf land or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what Boomers are. Oh. Really? Yeah. I got tip. I went though. <laughs> I was like, all people, right. People, people, <laughs> send tips for Turtle. This is Tips for Turtle Tuesday. Yeah. So I had $11, so I was feeling like, like a king. Wow. So I went out to the bar and um, I had like two, three drinks. And uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I partied, partied till like two in the morning. Yeah, I need to work on that, it's man. It's crazy. Have you ever been a bartender? I've been around bars for many years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I saw you at the bar the other day at the Rainbow. Well, I work there. I know that. Yeah. Well, what do you do there? Cook? DJ, <laughs> DJ Will? Uh, no, no. What? No, I, I do not cook. I uh, put together music. Uh, DJ upstairs. Okay. Yeah. And what's interesting is that the, the amount of years that people have been going to the Rainbow, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, to this day, uh, so many people have never been upstairs beyond where the bathrooms are. And I said, well, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a bar up there, and there's a dance floor, and then bands play up there. So that, uh, that's been Crazy things happen up a there. A lot of crazy things. A lot of crazy, unmentionable things uh, yeah. happen there. <laughs> but I enjoy it. I love it. I've been working there for the last six years, and, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. And everyone knows where that's at. So it's... Uh, trying to promote a gig and try to say, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? What's going on? Where's your next show at? Where's your next gig at? Well, I'm here. You know, I'm going to be at the bow on these days. Everyone knows where it's at. So right. yeah. that's really helpful. 
You know, there's been so many changes on the strip, um, you know, with the loss of Mario and, you know, everything that's changed. Um, you know, I think it all started with... Well, he's still alive. Miguel passed Miguel, away. Miguel, I'm yeah, so Miguel sorry. Is the original. Sorry, Mario. Yeah, Mario, um, unfortunately, yeah. is not Miguel. at that point yet, and uh, God bless him, he's still, yeah. still with us. Yes, um, uh, but it started, like, you know, when we lost Bill Gazzari. Yeah. That was um, such... It, it changed everything. I think it changed the whole scope of what the strip was about. Well, you know, he was such an iconic figure at uh, Gazzari's. Mm -hmm. uh, then when the club closed and then we had the earthquake and then no one knew what was going to happen with the property, slowly but surely it did change. And then you, we had a, a very change in styles. We had a change in what labels were signing. But on the Sunset Strip, some real... Subtle things change that led to the demise of what we knew the strip was, and and that is everything from you know the increase in parking mm -hmm. to the meters to the permit parking uh, signs, and West Hollywood put a you know put an edict on no flyering. Right. You could you could not that was you, awful. you could not advertise your shows on the telephone poles. You could not pass them out for fear of being uh, uh, getting a ticket. And that, that really, all these things really just sort of made people shy away from going up to the strip, really for just those reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, you still had bands that were still kicking it, kicking around, you know, the Roxy to Whiskey, uh, the then Central, which ended up being the Viper Room, then the Troubadour down in Santa Monica Boulevard. But as far as the Sunset Strip, man, um, it really, really started to dry up towards the, the latter part of the, the 80s into the 90s. And then it just sort of, just took on yeah. a whole other direction. Yeah, it's it's very sad, you know, when you grow up in the '80s and you've been a part of the strip and you know flyering. And I've been on a lot of flyers. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was the tough on your chick girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was on every telephone pole there right. was, and I remember, you know, how packed the sidewalks would be. Yeah, and how many flyers that you would have between the whiskey and the rainbow, y you know, you'd have 600 flyers in your hand. Yeah, from, and that block and a half, you would just like, here, come see my band. Hey, we're playing yeah, here tomorrow. Here's, like, here's $2 off. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. They, yep. It's like bands who aggressively were, you know, promoting their own bands, that's what you did. Right. That's what you did to get the word out. There was no social media. The flyering was the social media. Yeah. You know, so that was a huge part of what made the scene the scene. Right. is uh, the bands themselves and their 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 penchants for promoting themselves and right. getting the word out not just the beautiful girls at all the 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 the, the, the nightclubs but just you know other bands just in competition competition with each other flyering was was it was it yeah you know, yeah god bless doing. all of the promoters out there today who are you know still work in the clubs like Kelly McGeary who you know was at House of Blues and mm -hmm. is now down in Anaheim mm -hmm. and you know, um, Gail, uh, Gail, what's her last name? Um, um, I'm trying to blank. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, she knows who she is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jake Perry. Good old Jakey. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, it, you're keeping the clubs alive on Sunset. Other, otherwise, everything is dead without them. So, again, like your sporting events, 
go and support local bands and touring bands. Anybody that's coming through there and DJs you have to man. show up. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. Uh, if it wasn't for a DJ, yeah. you would not know what music was. Right. <laughs> you know, and you know, you can see some amazing things. Like over at the Whiskey, you have the Jam Night that's going on with, um, you know, Chuck Wright and, mm-hmm. and Tuesday um, Night Sir. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's amazing the the caliber of musicians that are coming through there. You're just you know, you'll never see that anywhere else in the world other than right there on the Sunset Strip. And it's, you know, and very accessible. You know, that is free. You can go to the Rainbow and, you know, you drop $3 and you get to see great music and you get to, you know, hang out with great stars. And, you know, so go back out, go support, you know, take the little tiny flyers, bring them with you. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, it's getting down to the wire in terms of you know I mean there's I mean look let's be real there's more mm-hmm. band there's more bands than there are venues for them to play at and uh, you know just the, the the acts that are there doing their their original material it's just like you know support support what's left of the scene because it's still it's still there it's still viable but it's it's a real it's real tough to it's really tough I know to get people out if you don't have something to give them to go see right you know so it, it has to go beyond your family and friends it's like build an audience build a following but yeah it's so hard it's, you know it's, these it, poor bands now. yeah any band coming you know? out nowadays it's like there's no artist development you know, everything no. needs to come pre-packaged and it's oh, okay what what digital download can we promote this it's like no you just you gotta you gotta tour you gotta write songs it's 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 tough i mean any band nowadays up and coming mm-hmm. i mean they've got a real uphill battle but they're out there. Yes. They're out there slowly but surely. They're still out there, yep. you know, in this day and age. So, you know, that's why I appreciate that. I appreciate the struggle. I appreciate the fight. And uh, even a lot of these smaller clubs, uh, you know, San Fernando Valley and Los, you know, in Los Angeles, Orange County, they're out there as well. It's just, just gotta just keep the awareness going. Yeah, and um, it's 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 always tough. Yeah, stuff. you know, we, uh, we used to have a place in the valley called FM Station, yeah, which was such a great venue to play. I used to love to be there, and um, the owner, uh, and amazing man, he was so full of life, and he just passed away. So that was like, yeah, the one and only <sighs> filthy. Yeah, 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 it was. It was very hard. Um, we're losing a lot of our, you know, old time rockers and mm-hmm. rock supporters. So, you know, we have to do that for ourselves, uh, you know, again. And like knac.com, um, you're bringing back rock, you know, so people are, are listening to it, like us. Exactly. <laughs> we bring you music that you don't normally get to hear on your everyday mumbo-jumbo stuff. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, and that's, and that's the appeal, you know, like to give you options. Right. You know, as opposed to the things that you're normally used to listening or seeing it's like try to give you options and sort of let you know what's out there because you know let's this is this is all i know for for almost 30 years you know yeah just, you know just uh talking interviewing promoting the bands i mean that's that's my the the, the love of music will never stop right so right exactly i mean where are you going to hear the fascinated and exodus on the same show <laughs> <laughs> i mean really yeah. it's true right <laughs> um I'm curious about your DJ style. When you, when you go DJ, are you in the KNAC mode, or are you playing just a variety of different things? And are you doing vinyl, or what? 
Do you have a rig? Like, you know, I do have a rig, um, but vinyl or yeah, digital, I, I, digital vinyl or? is always nice, but often with uh, like live events or special events, whether it's like a rap party or some special uh, thing at a convention or overseas or something like that. In those instances, it's about portability and practicality. Whereas, you know, the, the typical DJ, as if anyone equates a DJ, it's usually pressing buttons. You know, or, or a fader here, or fader. It's, you know, to me, it's, not, it's a little more than pressing buttons. It's knowing your audience. But since I'm predominantly a rock and heavy metal DJ, I'll cater to whatever particular event I'm doing. So for special events, I'll do both. Um, if it doesn't call, you know, whatever it calls for, I'll, I'll cater to that particular event. KNEC is, uh, since it's a radio station, obviously, I'm, you know, a big DJ. All right, coming up next, we have this, this, this. So it's about promoting um, the songs I'm about to play, the songs that you just heard, or coupled with the fact that, hey, this is something brand new. I'm going to interview this band uh, whose single you're going to hear in just a bit. So I'll take on that persona of just, like, promoter guy. Hey, I just, like, for instance, I, I introduced Metal Church and Armored Saint uh, recently at the, the Whiskey A Go-Go and also in the Corona. But I wanted to do that because I love those bands. 105.5 used to play used to play those bands. KNEC.com plays those bands on a regular basis. So here's my opportunity to introduce the bands that I love that I might be turning on to someone who's seeing them for the first time. So that's sort of like the the the, the, the persona of like, okay, here's the, the personality from KNEC.com. So there's that. But when I do shows or like when I do the rainbow, smaller confines. So laptop, <laughs> you know, right. hard drive. Right. But I, I it's it's like it's a rainbow bar and grill. You got to play rock and roll. That's really something that I always stick to. But I have been hired for a wedding. You know, I did play a whole series. I, had, I did a bar mitzvah. You know, there's that. I did a, um, a Lithuanian Russian wedding not too long ago, and that was very interesting. But sure. I, <laughs> what did you I play? Did, I played what the bride gave me. So it was a, a litany of things that she had suggested that. Um, I mixed in with some rock things, but uh, um, I'm trying to remember the one band that really got people off, and th these were like people in the 50s and 60s. The one band that got people off, the, out of the tables, on the dance floor, it was um, oh, Bordello. Go-Go go, go Bordello? Yeah. Yeah, those guys are cool. I fired that up, and people went crazy. Mm. So it was because like, I, didn't, I didn't think to play it. This is just an example of like, I would probably not play them on my show. I don't get requests for them at the Rainbow. Right. But for that particular gig, you know, they're the client. I'm providing a service. So in that instance, I said, okay, go for Bordello. I said, all right, let's try that. And boom, it, yeah. was, it, was, it was a perfect mix. And everyone, everyone went away with smiles on their faces. And I was like, I would have never thought of it. So it right. worked out okay. So my collection, again, as I continue to build it and have, uh, you know, music from just about every, every style, um, you know, I listen to everything. But for the most part, uh, when I'm hired for something, I do try to cater to whatever that event is, and it's you know it's all it's always been a good word of mouth. Um, so I, I appreciate that. If I ever get married again, I'm walking down the aisle to like System of the Down. Done deal. Got yeah. you covered. I know a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I got you covered, Max. Yeah. Got you covered. Now, uh, for more info, people can email you uh, the vault at knac.com. Yes, the vault at knac.com. Um, social media is uh, DJ Will K uh, at DJ Will KNAC. 
And same thing with Instagram or at Metal DJ Will, or just simply go to my website, metaldjwill.com, and that'll take you to all my social media links. And, uh, you know, if anyone has uh, something they want to suggest or something that they think I should hear, by all means, let me know. But it would be helpful that it's heavy metal. Where traders fall. All right, I, I will give it a listen. I'll give it a listen. I'm just saying. Got to keep, keep an open mind. Thanks so much for uh, being on the show. Really enjoyed it. And I, I always enjoy backstories to, um, you know, bands. Uh, I, I feel, um, you know, when I do listen to the radio, there, there's not that much backstory on a band. It's just, here's the song. It's great. Boom. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. it, and it is great. But, you know, like you really get more in tune with the song when you, when you know more about the band. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy stuff. That's kind of DJ that, you know, not that I'm that I DJ anywhere, but in my head when I DJ to myself, I'm telling myself these, you know, stories or, or whatever. Yeah, little anecdotal things to share with the audience. Well, thank you, Turtle. Thank you, Max. Yeah. I appreciate it. So. Yeah. Um, now the last song that we are going to leave with is uh, Princess Pang, mm. uh, Trouble in Paradise. I've I've never heard of this band. They were a band from New York City. Uh, it was sort of. Um, an attempt, our foray, foray into getting sort of that sleazy rock uh, type of artist. This is on the heels of you know the Guns N' Roses success, and you know mm -hmm. the Junkyard had come out at the time, and um, you know L.A. Guns, Faster Pussycat, so on and so forth. I was intrigued by them because I simply got a demo tape. The name was unique, and when I heard the actual song itself, I said, "This is very, very good." Turns out, uh, it's a female singer. I didn't know that. I couldn't really tell in the very grainy black and white picture I saw at the time, but it was a five-piece. A uh, couple of them are from Finland, the rest are from New York, and uh, ended up being, um, they just didn't break big, but we, we, they at least did a video. We did one record with them, and it was just, we just sort of missed that boat. We had Ron St. Germain produce them. They had Andy Gould uh, as their manager, yeah. who handles White Zombie, and, uh, I mean, or excuse me, Rob Zombie, and a concrete at the time so they had great management they had a great production they just didn't get on that bigger tour and they just could not get to that next level and it was unfortunate but this was also one of my one of the last signings i did uh, for metal blade records and uh you know i'm happy for what it was at the time it would have been nice if they went on to bigger <laughs> Mr.